Why would you buy anything in that fashion? Why would the words and price is no object ever leave your mouth? Right, and they don't notice that they've just turned into chickens. So this makes some shit up. Philanthropranks? That guy's that guy's must be the heroin king we've been looking for. Dishwashers are expensive. That's when money's no object, you end up eating a dishwasher. Let that be a lesson to keep your crimes manageable, people. Yeah, right, right. I just want to do it like just for a little bit of day, and then the rest of the time is kazoo time. Even though he's an idiot who's going to be the ruin of me, I can't let him feel like an idiot who's going to be the ruin of me. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, kazoo. It's like when you're when a human human body is dying, uh, its brain will release all of its held dopamine. <laughs> So you feel euphoric, you feel great as you're dying, uh, because your brain figures, well, why hold it anymore? That's true. Perfectly metabolize all their food so they never have to defecate. Well, this is nice, but I got to get to work. Yeah, yeah, it's very simple. Uh, a little green man, uh, two feet tall, uh, from planet Zatox. Uh, he, he grants us whatever we want, see? And, and, and right now we want money. Good oh, Help! Hey! dum-dums welcome to a moral fable of what happens when a war criminal is forcefully immigrated into not just another time but another era this very special issue today we're tackling uh involves a page out of history a, a, a hard time a rock hard time a bedrock hard time <laughs> that's right we're taking our awkward time machine all the way way back into prehistoric times with the Flintstones. Uh, this is a very special episode. I am your host this evening, Carolyn Maine, and with me, as per is frequent, is my simple but well-meaning constant companion. David Bittenhofer. And we have a special guest. <laughs> this person and I are well known for having a gay old time. Oh, okay. That's <laughs> the intro. Cool, cool, cool. <laughs> 
Randallards, hello. I told you I was going to out you in the very first <laughs> couple of seconds. <laughs> I, did, I did mean that. Uh, folks at home, you know David as a usual AVSE member. And Randall Lawrence is from the River City Podcast Federation. He's a host and producer of several shows. Which shows are those? Uh, Cranival, Rimmer Requirement 237 are the two that I'm hosts of. Or I, I am one of the hosts of. And then Chumbo and Wumbo, What's More Metal, Pitch Please. Yeah. Um. God, control yourself, which is now over. I R. a R. lot P. of the ones I used to do are are kind of dwindling a little bit, but I've got four strong. They're I'm going the way of the dinosaur, yes. but that's okay because there's fresh meat <laughs> on the car lid. This this is all working. So yeah, uh, Randall, welcome to the show. Thank you, thank you. And then last but not least, we have a very special guest because this person has actually been inside the belly of the beast, of the mastodon, as it were. We have with us the very last person alive who has written for this property, the Flintstones. Hi, I'm Mark Russell, and I wrote the comic book series, The Flintstones, for Hanna-Barbera oh, DC. That's so cool. Yeah. And now you're on to Snagglepuss, is that right? That's right. I'm doing um, the official title, which we made long and cumbersome for no good reason, is uh, <laughs> good, good. Exit Stage Left, The Snagglepuss Chronicles. <laughs> uh, do you just talk like him in your head all the time when you're writing it? No. I. You know, it's funny, because I always imagine him talking like sort of like Tennessee Williams. You know? Yeah. Sort of a leisurely southern drawl. Uh, I don't imagine I'm like the cartoon at all. Yeah. So that's kind of the voice I like to write in when I'm pinning the 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 bon mot. We found the puss voice. Yes. <laughs> and he is. He's a more dignified take on it because, yes. I mean, it would hard to be the same level of cartoon zaniness that was his introduction. But I do like how Snagglepuss, like uh, another character we might encounter tonight, even beyond Randall, is an out and proud character. <laughs> Crushing it. Crushing it. Did she like that foreshadowing? <laughs> Subtle. And we still haven't title dropped what the episode is tonight. And if you haven't had any guesses of who might be LGBTQ in the Flintstones <laughs> tonight, we are covering season six, episode seven, The Great Gazoo. And this is an episode that I found very special because, you know, it kind of has that death kiss with the new last minute character who changes the stakes, adds double mumbo jumbo, and is a cousin Oliver inserted where the whole episode's about them as soon as they're there. This is the last season of The Simpsons, <laughs> The Flintstones. <laughs> so let's go around and say what is our familiarity with The Flintstones. And I'll go first. And just that I did used to watch it on syndication, like The Simpsons, until The Simpsons replaced them as the cartoon family. And The Flintstones was on way back in the 60s, right? 50s, 60s, yeah, 60s, mid 60s, really, right? Yeah, yeah, right, right. And the guy Jackie Gleason was thinking about suing, but he didn't want to be the guy who took the Flintstones off the air. (laughs) I'm gonna have to get that right during this podcast. Maybe, maybe not. (laughs) So yeah, I found it very special, and I did live through the era where they switched which cartoon family was syndicated during like the 5:30, 6:30 slot, Mm. but. Uh, I found Flintstones very pretty to go back to, if simple. It's always a good sit. Uh, Randy, Randall, <laughs> oh, I what's have, your relationship? I have so such little familiarity with this show, actually. I um, watched very, very little of it. The, the 
biggest part that the Flintstones has played in my life is actually the John Goodman, Rick Moranis <laughs> movie. Oh, yeah. Because um, you like terrible movies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Every once in a while. Um, yeah, that's really the only involvement that the Flintstones has for me, aside from just like commercials and pop culture that they've influenced. Oh, yeah. The vitamins. Right. Yeah. yeah. Classic. Yeah. Yeah. And David, what was your experience uh, before this? I watched a lot of Flintstones growing up, and it's and I was thinking back to it once we decided we were going to do a Flintstones episode, and that it's kind of weird because I think it was on like Nickelodeon or something, and like I was always excited to watch it just because it was a cartoon, and as a kid, cartoons were for kids, so I was just gonna watch, you know, a kids show, but it's not really a kids show, so I don't know why it even like appealed to me at all in the end because most of the jokes are fairly adult not like sexy adult just well we'll get there yeah (laughs) yeah no and they did it does because it's a cartoon it's like a kid show and they did have the fruity pebbles which would advertise well past the simpsons like all the way into 80s and 90s cartoons that i was still watching yeah oh yeah lots of product placement and Mark, before and after you took on the Flintstones realm, what was your experience with them, Flintstones? Yeah, I'd watch them after school when I was a kid. Uh, I was kind of in the same boat. Like, I just kind of watched them because they were a cartoon. Yeah. And I just worked under the tacit assumption that it was a cartoon. It was meant for <laughs> me. Uh, but I really did. I mean, as a kid, even though I, most of the jokes, the fact that it was a Honeymooners sort of redux uh just flew over my head but i really i think most of all kind of latched onto the animals the talking oh, animals yeah, the appliances. animal appliances i found them <laughs> even then sort of haunting yes. yeah like it's hard to just laugh past this guy who just sits and is a toaster and then yeah. is like it's a, a living a yeah uh, except oh, for like the three seconds it has to come out and chisel a picture, <laughs> then it goes back into its like solitary confinement it's a for the foreseeable future. Right, yeah. that classic line. Did some of them have like terrible open mouths too that are like yeah. body bent- breaking contortions? That the they Flintstone, had to do? yeah, the Flintstones' house is basically like North Korea for animals. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> they're, they're all shoved in <laughs> little solitary <laughs> confinement, little prison camps. <laughs> And did you hit that angle with the comic? Yeah, I, I felt like I I did. Like cool. I wanted to really talk about like the sort of uh, embedded inhumanity, the <laughs> the in, in the the sort of embedded ex- exploitation that comes in are sort of and what is in their case literally their creature comforts. Oh. Yeah, uh, we didn't have too many of them in this episode because a different kind of being came yeah. over and took over the magic need of consumerism. Yeah. So yeah, that's one way, right? To get around slave labor is just to have a genie. Yeah, it's much more humane. Is a genie a slave? If we, could, if we could switch over to a um, an alien genie uh, based economy, yeah. I would be totally in favor <laughs> for it. Here's hoping that's probably our yeah. best Absolutely. possible. Whenever outcome. anyone asks me what my my preferred political system is, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Tell them. I don't know. Things get pretty crazy. Pretty Space crazy. genie. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I thought we need a third party, and at this point, I'll take anything. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. Party. Yeah, <laughs> we really do, guys. We've dug ourselves into such a deep hole i think really we're all relying now on the space genie <laughs> space <laughs> it's the space genie space or genie. or bankruptcy and yeah. 
and and irrelevance. Yeah, for yeah. Most of us. A bankruptcy genie. I would take any genie, even just a mad one, because <laughs> something's gotta happen. Uh, so our Flintstones episodes open in the Flintstone home where Wilma is cooking Fred all kinds of extravagant bedrock breakfast, so much so that she's buttering him up, and he's suspicious about what her angle is. Literally buttering him up. (laughs) Right? Buttering him up, pancakesing him up. What was it, cactus potatoes or something like that? (laughs) Yeah. It was like... Just like rock pancakes or something, you know? <laughs> Always try. Here's some Weird rocks I harvested this morning. Sausage. She put two giant sausage links on top of the pancakes. Right. <laughs> Is that the way they, the That's, caveman ate their sausage? Is that how you <laughs> eat it? <laughs> Just on top of the pancakes. A Which, stack of like 15 pancakes, yeah. too. Yeah. So like his table is about at his chest, and then it's a stack of pancakes right till mouth level, and that's where the sausages are, so we can just... Right. Just chow on down. Without moving. I just know if uh, <laughs> if my fiance was like wanted to butter me up and thus made me like an extravagant breakfast before I had to go to work, I'd be like, "Well, this is nice, but I got to get to work. I can't really like sit down and eat anything right now. I just I'll grab one to go and see you later." Right? Yeah. Who has time in the mornings for the decadent? Yeah, meal? exactly. He could just grab the camera on his way out yeah. and eat the bird. Or, or <laughs> <laughs> just eat his food. So like, just take the umbrella, and if it's not raining, just kill the stork or whatever. <laughs> well, yeah, there's, well, there's like sausage involved. So, like, was that made out of one of like the animals? Like, uh, how are they? Yeah, I guess this? when the stereo breaks, they just. Yeah. Eat I was going to say, does that come from a defunct dishwasher? Is that, <laughs> yeah, that's what <laughs> happens when you, the appliances break down. You. You quote unquote recycle. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of green. Yeah, it's better than a lot of what we do, yeah. just throwing it away. At least they eat them. It's right. sadly sustainable. <laughs> <laughs> I like, by the way, that in in this scene when she tries to butter him up, he automatically knows that there is something up. Yeah. To to the point where this has been done several times before. <laughs> Yep, there's no reason they would just be nice to each other. Right, exactly, because they can't be a loving couple. Right? But it's a pretty extravagant niceness. Yeah, there's no way. Well, David's right, that I could eat like a breakfast as like a big production. 15 pancake breakfast. Yeah, in the morning. I mean, sometimes yeah. Sundays when you brunch and you do like the mimosa thing. Yeah. But now we're on like a working day. You got to get your ass to that stone factory or whatever, Fred. <laughs> it's kind of become like a, a staple of the um, sort of domestic sitcom from the 50s, 60s. The uh, suspicious and stingy husband and the manipulative and spendthrift wife. Right. right. That's like a formula that pretty much all of these domestic comedies up through like the 70s kind of follows. Men oh, like yeah. to make money and women like to be shopping. Oh, shit. Oh, and shit. you just sprinkle in some threats of domestic violence and there you go <laughs> yeah, yeah. we got it all covered yeah fred never actually threatens to hit his spouse unlike jackie yeah Gleason, right? right well not in this episode i don't know if he ever they, gets- they play the soft game it's just like fred has to like most tv husbands fred has to stay firm and she has to manipulate yeah. it's oh, this man. it's this ping pong battle between you know their their gender defined sort of weaponry and she pushes it even further because during that scene when he's like 
putting the pieces together as to what what's happening she like physically shoves his head into the pancakes as if to say just like just shut up and eat and don't worry about what yeah. comes next and I think he respected her for that, though. Yeah, right? <laughs> he definitely and, did. And what wife hasn't gotten bored with the preamble and just shoved his head into <laughs> yeah. the pancakes? Sometimes you need to take what is yours. Just put his mouth where you want it, you know? He'll <laughs> <laughs> keep talking. You might as well just aim that thing. <laughs> so, speaking of what women want, what Wilma wants is a very expensive and fancy dinner at Chateau Rock and Blue. Right. All the names great of things name. have rock in it. I know. Yeah. It's a great name for a club or a restaurant. Did they ever do the Hard Rock Cafe? The what? The Hard Rock Cafe. Has anyone eaten at it? Yeah. No. no the, Never. <laughs> no one. <laughs> that was my question. People go in and point at the tie-dyed t-shirt, and then they leave. <laughs> That's all anyone does at the Hard Rock Cafe. Even the people in the tie-dyed t-shirt won't yeah, eat no. there. Even Jerry Garcia goes in there. Points at a guitar and then walks out. On the next spec script. Oh no, we gotta get the thing. Also, what is spec script? Oh, oh god, I, I have to write an episode of a TV show that I've, I've never seen an episode of? Oh no, and we have, we cast it with a bunch of great local Portland comedians and performers? And then we perform it live, and record it, and release it for you as a podcast called SpecScript? And it's a lot less irritating than this? No, it really is! Check it out on iTunes, or wherever you get podcasts. And sing it live at Kelly's Olympian, second Sunday, 7 o'clock. Pacific Time. SpecScript. Doodoosh. So, so she wants to go there, and it's very expensive. And Fred doesn't have that kind of money. He can right. just own his own house and take care of two or three children and a large, small dinosaur. Right. And I think he said that uh, a week's salary would only get him the tip for the valet. Uh-huh. Yeah. He might have been being hyperbolic. Probably, though. but still. That, yeah. <laughs> Safe really to say, it's, a, it's an expensive place. <laughs> Saying it's too expensive is a reasonable response. Like maybe Wilma yeah. should listen. That's true. <laughs> well, maybe it's all her fault. Spoiler. Um, so uh, they're they're like solidly middle class or blue collar or they're, lower. Yeah, middle? they're like blue collar. Yeah. Yeah. 
I mean, he does work with, you know, when he leaves work, a uh, steam whistle bird is he announces that he gets to leave every day. So. She doesn't even really seem to want to eat the food. She just likes the empty pretension of like, oh, everyone else is gone. We don't want to seem like the poor people. Right. And our, that's exactly what she says, yeah. too. Yeah. So literally everybody has been but us. Except their friends. Yeah. And right. see, that's when you hard rock cafe it. You just go in. <laughs> You look around and you leave and you get credit for having oh, they ask have you been yeah, oh yes the I, uh the I, Jimi I, hendrix t-shirt is exquisite <laughs> oh we really sweated some heroin into that thing we should go and that's how you tourism so speaking of fred and wilma's friends our next scene is fred doing his foot driving deal with his best buddy barney right well, i think then yeah. we get the uh open mm-hmm Oh, right. With the song yep, that I couldn't song. help but sing along with. So, yeah. Oh, of right? course, because how can you not? <laughs> exactly. It's iconic, and everybody knows it front I, to back, even if you didn't mean to. I ha- I want to pose a question here. Yeah. Um, it's a two-parter. Do you think it's safe to assume that they go to the drive-in often? No. Or semi-often? I mean, they want you to think that, but no one goes to the drive-in often. <laughs> That's true. But Especially su- anymore. Let's say... That's <laughs> true. Suppose they do. Okay. How many animals do you think Fred has skinned for new roofs on his car <laughs> because Dino keeps poking out the top? <laughs> like, do you think he ever figured out to put a window in there for Dino to poke his head out of? Like a sunroof. Yeah. A Dino right. roof. A Dino roof. A dog roof. A dog roof. <laughs> How many animals do you think died to have to, for him to maintain his car? Is what I I'm mean, asking. I think it's just a drop in the bucket in terms of animal death yeah. that they sustain <laughs> on. But it is right, they go there and they order drop. like half a dinosaur <laughs> to eat. So they go through animals. That's why we have all the extinctions. It's like that's why 99% of the species on Earth have gone extinct. It's because of the Flintstones. They're just <laughs> eaten by the citizens of Bedrock. <laughs> they just go through birds like, and why would you dinosaurs. Bring Dino to begin with to the drive-in. Yeah, yeah he's not going to appreciate him? the plot. Yeah. He likes to party. <laughs> Did you like bring your dog to a drive-in? Yeah, I, I think he just likes the brontosaurus meat, which in a way is sort of <laughs> cannibalism for him. Yeah, so they have dinosaurs and they eat dinosaurs, and dinosaurs yeah. are appliance. Like, yes, our society is also pretty alarming. We'll eat animals and have pets, yeah. but at least we don't eat dog. This is, this is kind of a, my sort of theory in the Flintstones uh-huh. that, that like Dino, and this is, I put this in the comic, <laughs> Dino is basically a rejected uh, industrial oh. uh, implement because he's not big enough to work at the quarry yeah. like the other dinosaurs. So they were going to like just get rid of him. It's like a runt, you know, kill just him like a, like a greyhound, yeah. you know, oh. that's not a good racer. But then Fred adopted him oh. as a pet. Huh. Um, because he wasn't useful as machinery. That's good of Fred. That's beautiful. So he's a rescue appliance. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so he just serves a nutcracker at their house. <laughs> so basically his whole role. Basically, he just has to make out with Fred. And that's his <laughs> job. And take that as far as you want to for your cannon. That's up to you. So, yeah, uh, the while Fred is hanging out with Barney Rubble, he sees some space rubble crash to the ground. Right. Possibly a Chinese satellite. Mm. Timely. <laughs> <laughs> so they go and poke around, and then it's not too long until omniscient instructions are being yelled at them, berating them to open up their space pod. By the way, he this 
this voice is already like such a sassy bitch about this whole situation <laughs> from the get go. Yeah. From the get go. <laughs> yeah, from he Jump Street. Them. Yeah, they're inconveniencing him by not letting him out. <laughs> right. Which, by the way, can we talk about how this dude's ship is only accessible from the outside? <laughs> well, it, it's like a prison ship, though, right? Like. Yeah. Is that the whole point of it? But yeah. the thing I thought was weird is he's tiny, and presumably the people in prison are tiny, but the button is, like, sized for, like, a yeah. human, <laughs> yeah. or, like, this towering human. How yeah. do they know so that this- someone three times the size of one of their species is going to have to open this? So this can't be an accident, then. They didn't just sound them out to random space. They probably at this like, planet. Hey, fuck Earth. Fuck Fred yeah. and Barney. Go Here's live with, a genie. Go live with these idiot giants. <laughs> That's your punishment. You have to go live with these idiot giants. And he sent them back in time too, right? Yeah, yeah. he'd been traveling for centuries. But, but like he probably That's could still build technology. his invention again, so it's not like they're helping themselves out, right? Because it's a universe destroying invention. I'm getting ahead. Also, I... this dude can appear at at on command and grant wishes. Well, sorry, I'm jumping ahead That's a little okay. bit. Okay, spoiler. We'll spoiler. open that up. Yeah. yeah, he's basically a space genius. But he can't just get back to his home planet. Right. You have to wonder where he goes when he snaps out of bedrock. Right. We don't get a glimpse of that. I think it's ever. Gay bathhouse. Calling yeah. it. It's an alien bathhouse. Right? Yeah. Maybe he's in another uh, branch of the multiverse screwing up someone else's reality. Oh. Ooh. Or maybe there's a multiverse where he's just very polite and helpful. Yeah. <laughs> he's does. got like 12 different personalities. Yeah. <laughs> he enjoys them all. But this is the one, Earth, unfortunately, is the one he's reserved a sassy bitch for. <laughs> undetendable and a bit of a kook yes and he loves every second of it yeah tell me that's not the perfect description of almost every gay man you've ever come in contact with <laughs> and i feel like i'm that myself yeah it's a great it's a great moniker <laughs> great work if you can get it but he's very sleepy <laughs> he's all yeah again every gay man you've ever come in contact <laughs> with i can relate to as well like wanting to sleep all the time i'm like yeah i get that that, that, that speaks to me <laughs> Yeah, he might have a personality that's on heroin to make him that's true. so tired the rest of the time. He's still on his home planet's time. He hasn't adjusted to oh, Earth's yeah, yeah, time. And he has, he has centuries worth of jet lag. So, yeah, they open up this spaceship prison and out right. pops this little green man. And Fred and Barney are uh, pretty surprised by it. They kind of doubt him. They're kind of okay with being insulted. But the gazoo wants to point out just what hot shit he is, and he right. totally switches their whole size spectrum right in front of them. Right. Which was always fun. Right? Yeah. yeah. I I love that. Yeah, but then Fred wants to go back to normal because he got, like, shrunk. But Barney's super tall, and I don't know if Barney agreed to going back to normal. Like, why is Fred Yeah, yeah, I kind of had... <laughs> I'm with you. I half expect Barney to say, wait a minute. <laughs> like you have to change us both? <laughs> and maybe Fred could find like something fun to do for like two hours being tiny himself if he was willing to, you know, give up that yeah. traditional masculine well, I am Fred Flintstone thing and just be small. Is that Fred and Barney really lack creativity or any imagination on what's possible <laughs> All right. with what has been presented then? Speaking to that, David, if you were given uh, a free wish, would you wish for a new dress, a burger, or twenty dollars? <laughs> I'd go with the twenty dollars, but if it was up to me, I might <laughs> really? add some zeros to that amount, or you know, go with the yeah. world peace. I suppose if I want to be like all nice or something. And- 
That's true. Randall? You could, but... What was your first wish? Out of those three? Or, you know, we can open it up, because David just did world peace. Who cares? <laughs> we don't really have to live in Fred and Barney's small lives. Although, if we take inflation into account, it's like $20 then, like $2 billion now, or anything like that. Oh, that's probably why... Yeah. Well, he, <laughs> he, he didn't seem excited about, about it. it. Yeah, exactly. He was just like, ah, 20 bucks. that's cool. He's like, oh my god, cool. Um, I don't know. I liked his burger idea. That was pretty solid. I like the dresses. They were pretty legit. Those were pretty legit Those, dresses. The big furry shoulders. Yeah. Cheetah spots. Mark, what would you... Yeah, well, I probably wouldn't wish? pick anything I had to carry home. Yeah. I started going off on, like, furniture sets. It's like, how are you going to get that home? Yeah, he, Barney orders a patio set. Like, it's Price is Right, like, wish number four. Hooker <laughs> <laughs> furniture. I would probably go with... If, if it had to be something tangible, I would go with money. Otherwise, I would ask for, um, like, uh, I think telepathy yeah <laughs> yeah Billy to read minds um selectively wow. i don't want to be Selective forced to read minds at all times they already did the that's a nightmare yeah <laughs> that's what you know part of the uh the theme of this this episode is that there's always a faustian side of course to uh, your that's wishes true. so you don't want the bruce almighty reality and your whole life covered in post-its no no i don't uh, I think you have to have that caveat, that legalese, and any wish you make. Uh, yeah, that's a good point for our listeners. If you ever get propositioned by a genie, all of a sudden, <laughs> really work on your contract first. And yeah, get your asterisk. Make sure it's something that you can get rid of if you do not like it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if the kazoo is going to stay awake for this long contract. He's going to be nodding off. In the you have to be very concise in the way you yeah, word this it. This is where like fiction yeah. has kind of ruined certain stuff. Because now like if a genie ever came to me, I'd be so scared to make any wish. Like it'd be such a waste. They'd be like, "What would you like?" And I'm like, "Uh, maybe that's why they went with the twenty bucks. Maybe that's what I do." I'm like, "Not a whole lot of heart can come from me getting twenty bucks, right?" It's true. <laughs> you would think that, but it's the insurance because they blew up your apartment. I'll get paid yeah. by it. <laughs> and the funny thing is, like, you could wish for money because it's portable, but then, like, their money is like a fixed stone yeah, tablet. Right. Yeah. How much cash can you even be strapped with? Yeah, that's universe? such a good point. I wonder if you if you ask for a hundred dollar bills, it would be like the size of a frisbee. <laughs> you know, it just gets bigger. The yeah. money gets bigger. It's just these stone slabs. How how much like do you have to have a big shoulder bag? prepared when you ask for change for money i bet if I, yeah if i want to change out a dollar yeah they just break it up. pennies what they would that look like shatter it right <laughs> <laughs> that would be better because i'm picturing like big boulders for pennies right you know, <laughs> like baseball size right yeah and you just have a hundred baseballs on you that's not fun they all have back problems <laughs> everybody <Yeah. laughs> everybody's back is destroyed in the show so, yeah, the Barney and Fred order, like, loads of weird catalog shit first off with the gazoo, and they get it, but that attracts the attention of a police officer. <laughs> the cops are really up people's ass in bedrock. <laughs> like, you got stuff. You must have stole it. <laughs> right? And it's not even, they're not even minorities. Like, right. he's after the, the white dudes. <laughs> so, I guess that's progressive? Yeah. Fred should have <laughs> really asked for uh, ma majority uh, shares in Slate Quarry. Oh. You would have ended up being Mr. Slate's boss. Yeah. Anyone have to carry him home? <laughs> he has to carry him home. Oh, he has <laughs> no, to carry his stuff home. They I exist thought he in the Mr. Uh, Slate home, imaginary see. economy. Yeah. Right. Ask for a cat that'll stay outside like it's supposed to. <laughs> 
Or inventing the wheel, but he isn't no. Well, they have that. wheels, don't they? Or are they? Uh... No. No. Okay. Well, no, yeah, they have wheels. Yeah, they got the uh, yeah. the cars. Yeah, the cars Fred's got wheels, wheels on but his the car. The cars. Oh, it has wheels and it's foot power. Yeah, right. yeah, it just well, doesn't have like an pedals. engine. They need to figure out pedals to start. Yeah. And an undercarriage for the yeah. car. <laughs> so at the cop, that's when we learned that only Fred and Barney can see the Great Gazoo. For some reason, because they discovered him, it's unclear. But at this point, you know, it's it's getting pretty like, what are the rules, guys? <laughs> this is a weird punishment for him. So I'm still a little unclear. He's supposed, so he got sent back in time to a different planet where whoever frees him, he then he has to do stuff for them until what? Like, what's supposed to happen? Yeah, they kind of allude to it they being like a, this is a wonderful life thing where if he does enough good deeds, he'll get his wings or right. he'll get his freedom. Yeah. Yeah. They don't define how that will go. Yeah, or like who's watching part him two. or who's monitoring, <laughs> like if right? he's truly changed. I think it's us, it's, the viewer, who's it's monitoring It's sort of like him. if you, you, you almost destroyed this planet, so prove that you could do good on another planet we don't care about, <laughs> and then we'll maybe let you back. Go to the planet of the big dum dums, you yeah. sassy bitch. Yeah, if you if you end up annihilating <laughs> them, no one's gonna miss them. Yeah, <laughs> but if you don't, then maybe we'll let I you. Think back. This thing was gonna destroy the entire universe, so you can't really hide from that. Yeah, no. Yeah, we should point out if I missed it that when they met the Gazoo, he did mention that he's an exile from this planet because he invented a universe destroyer. Oh. Oh, don't worry, I wasn't gonna use it. Just making it for status. Yeah. <laughs> but he straight up did that, and that's why he's in exile. Yeah, what kind of mind would even think to come up with that? I know. <laughs> Apparently a tiny, tiny, tiny green one. And how do you exile war criminals into space? Like, that's what yeah, I Yeah, how did they capture a guy with the universe destroyer? Yeah. And, uh, also, if he's been traveling for centuries, by the time they get about... How old are these aliens? <laughs> I have no idea. Right? And then there's the practical concerns about, like, eating and pooping in that tiny space. <laughs> in that yeah. tiny space. There's no way OSHA would approve of this. <laughs> Must have been quite a smell when they opened that. <laughs> Surprised they didn't cover that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if they could have. This was before you could show a toilet on TV, wasn't That's it? true. Perfectly metabolize all their food so they'd never have to <laughs> defecate. Would you ever have to eat after your first meal? Probably, but you just would you 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 just use everything. You oh, wouldn't yeah, have yeah, any yeah. leftovers. What is it? It's headed right for us. Oh boy! Rolling over again, Barney. I I can't find the opening. Careful, clumsy. What is it? Well, why don't you try opening it to find out, genius? Yeah, yeah, right here. Easy, you oafs. I'm getting seasick. Ah, fresh air. I am the great gazoo. Gazoo, eh? Listen to them, will you? Look at yourselves. Did it ever occur to the two of you that nature was less than kind? Flintstone and Rubble? <laughs> you thought my name was funny. <laughs> Let's see. Um, what else? New golf clubs. A fishing pole. 
comic book. Have your fun, fellows. But take heed, greed brings trouble. Which is now approaching. An officer of the law, I believe. And uh, you explain all this to him, will you, Gazoo? I can't. You two are the only ones who can see me. <laughs> what do you think you are? A comedian or something? Irresistible impulse. Uh, no wonder they shipped you back. Traveling for all those centuries takes a lot out of a fellow. I'm going to sleep. Sure, sure. <laughs> I can just see the girls' faces when we tell them what we got. yeah they get pulled over by the cops and they have all these goods and they can't explain it because none of these have tags where did they come from where's the receipts right but gazoo shows up just to snap the stuff away and then he nods off again so fred and barney learn a valuable lesson <laughs> that every bargain they get might fuck them in the ass by yeah. the police yeah the first lesson <laughs> of having the magic wishes is have a story to explain how all this shit just showed up right and be aware that Gazoo's going to be sleeping a whole lot, so you got to, you know, plan ahead. Think ahead. So this would be a, the great time to, like, be, hey, Gazoo, give us $500 yeah. for the week. We're going to live a little large. I got really angry about this later in the, <laughs> later in the show. <laughs> I got really upset about this. To, uh, acquire the money they needed ahead of time, and they just chose not to. Later on, I, we'll talk about it. <laughs> like the largest conflict could be solved by maybe forty-five seconds of <laughs> of forethought. We take it for granted, but this is what it was like for the first man to learn how to use an ATM. <laughs> yeah, yeah they, they didn't really think uh, like like uh, like people who lived in the pre-ATM age did, where it's like, oh, I got to get money for the weekend. I got to go to the bank and I got to get enough money out to let. They were thinking like that, which is strange. Yeah. I got to go kill a big brontosaurus for the yeah. weekend. Right. Yeah. Uh, anyway. So the stuff clears. They go home and and everybody's hanging out and they regale their wives with a very tall tale about a very short alien. And while they don't believe them at all, they're happy enough to humor them because they think it might be a joke. Yeah. And so they. So the Gazoo couldn't have just, like, created something in front of them? He can only do magic when no one's looking? Is that the case? They don't say it, but that's how they act. Right. And again, in a moment, there's something that makes me very angry. (laughs) (laughs) It happens again. Um, I don't know if you want to... If if it's something... So it's, it's maybe... To, you discover that uh, children and animals can see him. Yes, that's the next step of that's it. That's the they, next wrinkle in this gazoo. Right, because like they're like playing with set him. Set up some sort of plot point later on, but spoiler. Not oh no, today. not at all. Why would it? Maybe Why would it? In the last five episodes of the series. Though, right. Okay. Sure. But then, at one point, he turns Dino into a giant pebble. A, a, a giant sized pebble doll. Yes, that happens. That happens. And then it immediately <laughs> cuts to Betty and Wilma, who are just like, Who are they talking to? And I'm like, I don't know the, the thing that just turned your dog into a giant human doll. 
that thing that you saw? I don't know. Yeah. So because <laughs> the cop already pegged him for the loot, we know that the shit Gazoo makes can be seen by mortal man. Right. So this just has to be Wilma and Betty being like, yeah, so what? Our dog is a giant daughter doll. Who gives a shit? <laughs> yeah. I think uh, Great Gazoo's sort of philosophy or is, is um, can best be described as like uh, philanthropranks. <laughs> I think like that he, describes the modern economy. He's like a yeah, exactly. He's like he's like the Mercers or something. He um, he he thinks he's being philanthropic, but th- but it's really just to satisfy his urge to play these p- pranks yeah. on. At least two idiots. God, I hope that's it. There's a, there's, yeah. <laughs> Why prank idiots? It's already low-hanging fruit. But again, yeah. it's a popular television trope. Yeah. Also, not a lot of people around to try and <laughs> try and get the better of. Most of them are pretty dumb. <laughs> Bedrock's not a smart city. Their education system's fucked. Oh, what would that be like? I bet that would be sad. <laughs> <laughs> their, their school system? Yeah. Yeah, having a failing school system, that would be a bummer. So yeah, he changes the dog into a daughter doll. No one gives a shit. And it's weird that children and animals can see him because that's like a ghost rule. That's right. not an alien rule. Right. Yeah. The zoo blows in and he's just well, breaking every double mumbo jumbo, having all he, the rules. He all is over. like a genie too. Yeah. So it's yeah. <clears throat> it's he just kind of piled, you know, sort of attributes, sort of um, arbitrarily onto him. He's an alien. He's a genie. He's out and proud. Yeah. He is the great kazoo. <laughs> Yeah, uh, let's see. So we don't have Austin, a frequent guest, and he usually is the one who can talk to our orphans who do our research for us. Uh-huh. But I, I was able to send them a message. And The Great Kazoo is played by Harvey Corman, who is a fancy old actor dude. And he was very surprised that they wanted his like British genteel butler voice for this tiny alien. <laughs> and you would mostly know him from a bunch of movies like Blazing Saddles, character name Hedley Lamar. Or he's also been on the Carol Burnett show. So yeah, that's got to be a fun role to get in the late stage of your career. It's just this tiny alien genie war criminal. Yeah, I love Harvey Corman. Harvey Corman's great. I had no idea until this very moment oh, that really? the great kazoo was Harvey Corman. Yeah, but he, yeah, he's great. I loved him in the Carol Burnett show. What was he like in it? I was... He uh, was usually kind of the, the straight guy, the guy who would get upset, <laughs> you know, when antics were would ensue. Uh... So now he gets to be the sassy asshole. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, All I can right. see him getting really pissed off if you if you mess with him. Yeah, he's usually the the waiter who uh, would, would lose his patience with somebody, or like a, uh, a yeah teacher or something. But yeah, he I liked him. Oh, and so now Fred and Barney with all their great gazoo prizes believe it's time to deliver to the wives that they are going to go to the hard rock and roll cafe right yeah and they have dresses they got from gazoo and now they want to come up with a story of how they got the dresses even though they break lying 101 (laughs) rule one i guess i should say which is uh you don't offer up more information than than is asked for and so but fred immediately starts talking about where he got it but wilma doesn't care she's just happy to get the dress but at the same time they already told them about kazoo so i don't know why they didn't say yeah that thing you don't believe in made these dresses for us but. Yeah, that's right <laughs> they just start lying yeah. and these dresses aren't as good as the ones he made before the cop showed up yeah the other ones were better he like got tired of doing fashion design <laughs> at this point and he just phoned him in but these are the ones they actually wear to the restaurant well i think kazoo was being nice and knew that 
the wives would be too suspicious if Fred and Barney had too much of a fashion sense. <laughs> so he's like, give him a six or a five, but not like a ten. Yeah. Right, okay. right. So then is on to the Chateau Rockin' Blue. And the ladies are so excited. And also, Barney makes uh, a remark about the prices being too high, yet thinking that he's about to walk out of there with a genie paying for the whole thing anyway. So that's fun. <laughs> right, yeah. yeah. He's worried about both things at the same yeah. time. Right. And everybody's sitting down, and there is a French caveman waiter who's just got all the ambiance dripping off of him. Right. And Fred and Barney realize a very relevant concern. How embarrassing, you guys, to go to a date and not have a corsage. Has that ever happened to you? (laughs) I'm smart enough to know not to have that happen to me. This is like the the prom night they never had. I guess. There's corsages and, you know, like a... The fancy restaurant, and they they've never they would never eat at normally. Mm. It's all this sort of charade of affluence they'll never have. Well, he had to <laughs> uh, prom. bribe the maitre d to get the table because oh, he didn't right. have a reservation. But I'm like to ask the kazoo for a reservation, right? Ask the kazoo, or don't give him all of your money. <laughs> yeah, but it's like stone. You can't like I don't know. Could you break it in half? Does yeah. that become a ten? Yeah, they do have to break it. <laughs> The thing that I found alarming is uh, was that the that Stonewall Jackson was on yeah. their twenty, yeah, was he? implying I didn't that, write that down, the, but I those times that. the Confederacy won the Civil War. <laughs> Whoa! So it's like the opposite of a utopia. It's a yeah. dystopia. Dystopia, yeah, dystopia. which explains why they're they're still cavemen, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> but I think the reason why they did it, okay, yes, they're probably racist. Well, the sure. pun, but also, right? Yeah, Stonewall. Cause rocks, uh, yeah, no. yeah. Jokes about rocks. I'm I'm placing my hope in that. <laughs> I'm placing my hope in that too, because otherwise we just figured out when the Flintstones takes place. <laughs> <laughs> Early South, deep, deep, deep South. Yeah, you know, gosh, I think there are only a couple of minority characters on the Flintstones, and I think they're usually like guest star musicians, right? Or they just play the appliances. Ooh. Yeah, that's what they'll cast them as, because that's what they'll yeah. do. So this is a very special episode in that regard as well. (laughs) (laughs) We learned a lot about the world that they live in Mm -hmm. in this episode. Mm -hmm. Oh, I want to go back and say that when Wilma and Betty are doubting Fred and Barney about their story, Gazoo has a little fun with them and turns them into clucking chickens. Right, and they don't notice that they just turned into chickens. (laughs) Well, I didn't know if that was part of the magic, that they didn't realize they were chickens or not. Do they... Do they feel like chickens, or do they feel normal? <laughs> That'd be weird, because your eyes are suddenly on the side of their head, so they should have seen each other at that point, you know? But... Right. <laughs> well, it, it could be, too, the sort of pre-monotheistic culture that they're all animists, so they don't see the sharp divisions between humans and animals uh, that we do. Huh. Uh, I don't know. Makes... They figure, oh, we'll all turn into a chicken at some point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, stay tuned for that. I'm feeling kind of chickeny today. Yeah, it's like if you're a chicken, it just it's like you have a different haircut. They're like, is there something different about yeah. you? And yeah, yeah, I'm a chicken today. Right. And that makes Fred and Barney into total clucks. Yeah, oh, my God. <laughs> they they call themselves clucks. I, I wrote it down. Hold on. Yeah. It, it, it made me laugh really, really hard. It's funny for 
the most part how much this language like reads normally to me. They're pretty modernly spoken. Oh like, yeah, probably back in the sixties. They call themselves dumb clucks, <laughs> and I absolutely heard dumb fucks <laughs> when I heard it. I bet that's what they were joking around. Yeah. 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 Fuck was a great word even in the sixties. <laughs> so back to the restaurant. Everything is very expensive. But that doesn't stop Fred from just sight unseen, not even looking at that gigantic stone menu, ordering the most expensive meals. Yeah, just calling it out. Yes, and adding price is no object, which you know are like <laughs> yeah. famous so like, okay, last words. Let's up the price on yeah. these meals. Right. Wouldn't do that. Why would you buy anything in that fashion? Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> why, why would the words... And price is no object. Ever leave your mouth. That is bad negotiating. Even if it isn't, you like don't say that. Yeah. yeah. There's no need to volunteer that information, even if it's yeah, true. What if you get something you don't like? Like, look at the menu. Pick something you want to eat. <laughs> no, he only wants to eat the most yeah. expensive food because yeah, it's the most diet. delicious. Yeah. So just make some shit up. <laughs> Uh, these are um, uh, golden whale eggs. Uh, oh, <laughs> very <laughs> rare deep fried spatula. We only make two of these a year. It's a sautéed cat butt. There's only three of these cats left in the whole world. This is one dead cat butt. This is your dog that was a pet served to you <laughs> yeah. over uh, expense. I know there's kind of like a cottage industry of like foods that are super expensive. Like, you'd have to go to, like, special restaurants in, like, New York and get, like, a $10,000 omelet or something. But I think they just, like, right. end up putting, like, a diamond on top of it or something. And I'm like, that's just cheating. Yeah, there was some burger like that where they put, like, this sort of thinly sliced gold foil oh, yeah. on, like, the, yeah. the lettuce. And then, yeah, they had this, like, truffle oil that was flown in from France. Yeah, and I don't even know if it makes the burger any better. <laughs> the flavor combinations maybe don't even work right. Yeah. Gold but it's just a bunch oil. of expensive shit piled on to, like, the same thing. Just goes to show that rich people have no taste. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they right? just like being rich and showing off how rich they are. Right, which is what the Hard Rock Cafe is all about. Right. Well, yeah, and what? how would gold foil make a burger taste yeah. better? I, I wouldn't. Mean, does it make your poop gold? Because no. I can actually see paying for that once. <laughs> just, just to have it just on one. Well, they, spell, they sell like, uh, uh, like glitter plates. tablets. A yeah. shimmery, if you a shimmery want deuce. Yeah. If you're concerned yeah. about that experience, <laughs> you can buy a glitter yeah. tablet. This episode brought to you by glitter shit tablets. <laughs> <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Buy them at this website. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, the Flintstones and the Rebels have had an extravagant meal that they will never soon forget. But then the bell tolls with the check. The French waiter's there with it. And uh, Fred and Barney start looking nervous like they didn't have a plan. And the ladies go powder their nose in the bathroom. I actually thought $225, I think it was, was kind of cheap. It was, yeah. Price money is no object to a meal. Right. Yeah, although I was shocked in 1965 dollars that dinner for four would be 225 dollars. You know, right? That's fifty six dollars and twenty five cents each. That's so reasonable for the fanciest. <laughs> <laughs> but for nineteen sixty five, price whatever? is no object. Yeah, your price, entree yeah. is going to cost forty nine ninety nine. Yeah, I guess they're just throwing. Shoot. Yeah, yeah. I guess plus like two glasses of wine. Nineteen sixty five inflation. Let's see. That would have to be like a hundred each. Pro- oh, it'd probably be like three hundred dollars. Yeah, each. Yeah. Oh, you got a. M- He's got a calculator. He's got an animal that he's plugged numbers into that he's (laughs) pounding on. It's all living. (laughs) (laughs) He's got a little hamster with 
numbers and keys. Uh, we'll say 65, right? Sure, yeah. yeah. I'm not going to divide 225 by 4. 65 <laughs> is pretty good. So that it would be like 1,795. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's pretty Whoa, insane. are you yeah. kidding? For like this restaurant in this small town. Whoa. Okay. That's never what happens mind. when you say price is no <laughs> yeah. object, my friend. <laughs> yeah, it's like we threw in a used Volkswagen bug. <laughs> the waiter, the busboy is really wanting to sell that bug. So. Yeah. So yours I'm now. I'm going to see what a $20 is because that's what he paid just to get the table. Damn. But again, 159 bucks he paid to get that damn. <laughs> yeah. Damn. If I got 159 dollars just in the palm of my hand, my reaction would be a little bit bigger than <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like the guy, you know, that's that's one of the, sort of the the um opulent affluence you want to avoid if you don't have a good explanation for how you're making this money. It's like the guy who was the heroin king of New York flew under the radar for years until he showed up at the Muhammad Ali uh, Joe Frazier fight oh. wearing like a this full length coat made out of like uh, made out of uh, uh, chinchillas. He had this oh. full length chinchilla coat and a chinchilla belt and like this you know like gold bandana around hat. And what? he sat in the front row and everyone was like, "Who the fuck is that guy?" <laughs> And and then he got you know was ended up spending like like a decade or two in prison because they figured out oh that's the that guy's that guy's must be the heroin king we've been looking for. Damn, I'm a little surprised that people can even identify a chinchilla coat as expensive. Yeah. Busted I, by chinchilla. Yeah. I believe you that I'm it is a chinchilla's revenge. Seat, so I'm sure a bunch of people. The, they're tiny and soft. <laughs> the different furs and they what are. their prices were. Right, like the yeah. feds who would have to be paying him. They're like. That's very fine chinchilla. Because <laughs> people barely wear fur anymore. Did you say that was in the 70s? Yeah. And, and you know, it was and also, also it was like covered in cocaine. <laughs> well, and yeah, he has, it's totally it's like he's totally auspicious because, you know, he's got like two girls and yeah, he's just like sitting there in the front row. Man. And, he, you know, he's there with like Woody Allen, you know, <laughs> and Paul Simon. Suspicious. And, and people are like, well, OK, who the fuck? I, I, just, I recognize, you know, Woody Allen. I recognize Paul Simon. Who the fuck is that guy? Let that be a lesson to keep your crimes manageable, people. Yeah. Right, right. No one ever heard of an ant skin rug. <laughs> <laughs> don't don't sh- don't show it. This spring, escape the bustle of Portland, grab some friends, and take a drive out west to the beach. April 26th, 27th, and 28th, Undertow Comedy Festival presents over 25 fantastically funny comedians from across the nation, delivering three laugh-filled nights in Lincoln City. Experience the comedic stylings of Ron Funches, Lori Kilmartin, Jeff Dye, Shane Moss, and Ron Lynch, just to name a few. Passes on sale now at undertowcomedy.com. That's undertowcomedy.com. So what are you waiting for? Get pulled under. <laughs> What's the punchline? Wilma, it's no joke, honest. Here, I'll show you. Gazoo. Come in, Gazoo. Gazoo! Uh, yes, what is it now? Oh, great Gazoo, I command you to make yourself known. I can't, dumb dumb. I told you nobody but you could see or hear me. <laughs> Catch 
you do something, Gaz? Sure. Watch. things the rest of you dum-dums can't. <laughs> We'd have to be a couple of dumb cluts to believe such a story. <laughs> well, uh, we thought we'd take you to the Chateau Rockin' Blue tonight. The Rockin' Blue? You mean it? Really? Who can take your women? What's <laughs> <laughs> <Much> the... <laughs> oh! So Fred and Barney need that lesson, but it's too late. They're at the table with the bill. The ladies have left them alone. The French waiter is looking pissed. And the Grey Gazoo will not wake the fuck up no more. Which brings me to the point that I was so angry about. <laughs> Maybe 45 seconds prior to this. Yeah, when they got the corsages. They got corsages. That- Maybe get like $1,000 to cover you just in case. Maybe. By this time, yeah. Gazoo has already proven to be unreliable about showing right. up so you got to get your shit in order ahead of time who would go on a date without a corsage date they have priorities <laughs> right yeah. if you've got money for corsages you got money for expensive dinners yeah. get your shit together yeah get no they didn't together. bother they just needed that corsage to steal the deal they didn't get a prophylactic <laughs> or cash that's <laughs> all they need well they're married they don't yeah. And I would hate to see what the Flintstones prophylactics look like. You know, when you have a sure genie like that, like an ATM, rank your requests in order of uh, of need. Yeah. Like, it's not going to ruin the experience if they don't get a corsage nearly as much as it's going to ruin it if, I don't know, you can't pay the bill. <laughs> right. At the end, they get frog marched out of the restaurant. <laughs> so maybe make that request number one and then come up with the corsages later. Right. Frog marched. Was that a French joke? Oh, no, it very well could have been if I'd, if I'd been smarter. <laughs> there, well, it is now. And, yeah, they do get in trouble, and Wilma and Betty come out of the bathroom to see the shame, and I like the bit where the waiter drops his French accent if they aren't at his pay grade. He's like, you can't afford it. Get out, Bo. Yeah, he turns into just like this it, Jersey guy. Yeah, yeah. He, he's, he's the heroin king of New York. <laughs> <laughs> he's working at this restaurant. And uh, Wilma and Betty... Both have money in the cookie jar at home for a vacation fund. Which, now that I know how much it was, <laughs> before I was like, $225 is your vacation right. fund? Now that I know that it was almost two grand, I'm like, oh, that's such a shame. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. a big vacation. Right. That's like airfare for all three of them. <coughs> nice hotel. Yeah. Out the window. And then Barney and Fred are stuck washing is dishes. Is that something that actually happens, or is that just a TV thing? I don't know. I've certainly what? seen it in so many TV and movies. There's only one way to find out. Yeah. Are you talking about the 19 stacks of dishes that are all six feet high? Is that <laughs> oh, what you're yeah. referring to? Being able to pay off your restaurant bill by doing dishes. Oh, uh, yeah. I think they never even wash the dishes. They just wait for someone to not pay the bill. <laughs> it's like, oh, good. We got a week's worth of rat-infested dishes for you to wash down. <laughs> they just stand near the dishes looking sad, like, where yeah. is the animal? Whose job this is? Yeah, seriously, right? 
And there's got to be like a, a yeah. Dinosaur. There's like an elephant dishwasher, right? Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He like I'm hoses sure. them down with his trunk. But he's not there. It's got to no, be Fred and Barney. They fed him to Fred and Barney, <laughs> and they said the price is no object. <laughs> All right, you get the dishwasher. No object. You end up eating a dishwasher. Now I do kind of want that, you know, for my next fancy dinner. That sounds hard to beat. Oh, by the way, I realized slightly earlier yeah. when the waiter chases them out of the restaurant that literally everybody runs like that oh. they like get their feet going yeah, and then they feet go around like yeah. a circle like everybody a does it well i noticed even earlier when they were at dinner wilma had no legs or she was sitting cross-legged oh. at the table which would have been a little weird oh yeah i've got to yeah. look back it could easily be a frame slip this was back when all animations were like on cells and stuff yeah. the way of the dinosaur now yeah, I like their little walk cycles. I like their limited complexity in general. They have some interesting drawings, some good textures, and then just like really direct. It always has kind of bothered me though how like Wilma and Barney have dot eyes. Yeah. But Fred and Betty have eyeballs. Yeah. I'm like glad that they co breed so they can like as a society <laughs> come to a middle yeah. on that. Is this their version of a race war? <laughs> Is that what yeah. It is? Yeah, I think that's an imp- since there's no other minorities, it's right. dot eyes versus eyeballs. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's very important to figure that out. <laughs> yeah, so the boys just wait around by the dishes until the women come with all that vacation cookie money. A fat two G's. Yeah. <laughs> to pay for this one meal of very expensive dishwasher. And they drive the men home with their tails between their legs. Betty and Wilma say goodnight to each other, but not the men who notice and pout in the car. Mm-hmm. They're mad at the women. Yeah. For, for, for shaming them for with shaming their them. money. Yeah. But, you know, they just, yeah. yeah. They didn't ask <laughs> for the money ahead part. of time, and that's all they needed to do, yeah. right? Oh. It was a combination of the women's sort of extravagant wishes and the men's complete inability to follow through on their plan. (laughs) And Gazoo's inability to wake up at beck and call. Right. I I don't blame him. I get that part. I don't don't blame him either. The dude just traveled for centuries across, (laughs) you know, many light year. And yeah, he just, you know, he didn't need that. He sounds asleep. And when you're working with somebody, it's really good. Just like, I need A, B, and C, and then you can go be, do whatever, yeah, and right. I'll need you later. You know, we'll touch base. But you don't want to like, oh, in this, oh, in this, right. oh, in this. That doesn't help anybody. Yeah, Have a keep, little plan. Give me a shopping list. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Write it down. Like you, you at this point, you're not in that first stages where he has to prove that he is a genie. You're, <laughs> he's, he's proved himself. Get the things you need. You're not, you're, don't play games. Yeah, why, don't fuck around. Why the first wish isn't for like a thousand bucks? I don't know. Like, yeah, yeah. Just come back next week and ask for another thousand yeah. bucks, right? <laughs> <laughs> Especially at that sweet. time, right? Oh, so much money. Yeah, but it would be hard to carry. But I'm sure they could figure it out. Maybe like bury it in the desert and then go dig up a dollar at a time or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. This is a real lesson in how early man was so bad at dealing with magic space. I would love genies. to see a thousand dollar bill. It was probably just a big wheel. It's probably, yeah, like the big dinosaur leg they put on top of the car. That yeah. thing. So the ladies go back inside and the men mope and then they bitch about Kazoo and that's when he decides to show up and he straight up tells them, yeah, you can't rely on me all the time, dummies. I'm a sassy bitch. I got to be on grinder half the day. <laughs> I got to be getting in them car hookups. 
<laughs> meet some some strange in a parking lot. Kazoo is what we like to call rough trade. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's going to get his. He's experiencing yeah. the local culture. It's his time, too. And this is where Kazoo also mentions that he would, you know, like to do enough good deeds to go back to heaven or yeah. the right. hell planet. Just on his off from. time. Yeah. That's it's what like, he's it's doing like, on Grinder. It's sure. like, uh, you know, um, community service. It's like he's been sentenced to community service. <laughs> It's like I don't want to do it all the time. I'll you know I'll show up and pick garbage for like you know four hours a day. Right. Uh, that's Gazoo's theory. Is like I just want to. His feeling is like I don't want to be constantly doing public service. I just want to do it like just for a little bit of day, and then the rest of the time is Gazoo time. Yeah. Yeah. He's and got the- Craigslist hookups to worry about. Right? Again, I'm really interested in Gazoo Time. If yeah. you ever get yeah. a revival, please dive in. Yeah, there. that sounds like a spinoff right there. Gazoo Time. <laughs> right? What's he doing? What was Gazoo doing when he wasn't in Fred and Barney's world? So we've kind of made fun of him this whole time because he is like this game changing insertion. Until this point, it has been a whole caveman series yeah. with very grounded family drama. Right. For the most part. You know, it gets zany and wacky. But, like, then all of a sudden there's an alien from space who can grant wishes in yeah. this episode. Right. What? Did you do any Gazoo in the comics? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Gazoo is a major character. Oh, yeah? But his role was different. He wasn't, I didn't, in fact, I didn't remember that he was, like, this genie. <laughs> I just remember him being a cranky alien. <laughs> so, that's what he is kind of the series. But he's sent to Earth uh, to be sort of like the game warden oh. to make sure that other aliens don't come in and poach the earth for themselves so he's he's there to like keep other aliens away from the earth and also to like kind of observe the human race and give uh betting odds back to his home planet of las vega because they're (laughs) so they can bet on the the uh survival of the human race how are the odds well they start out very poor like (laughs) like i think they're like 25 to 1 uh but then he realizes that if the odds are too bad they won't bother protecting the earth from alien colonizers. Oh. So then he gives them even odds. There you go. Thanks, Gazoo. So then they make peace with maybe this alien will only fucking give us a Faustian bargain. And we got to watch out for that. Or maybe we have to use an ATM practically and once for the weekend. And then they go inside. Fred goes back to the home, And Wilma's there. And a lot of things happen. Yeah. First of which, the woman is like, it was my fault and I'm sorry. Right. Was that heartbreaking? That was really sad. Like, what? Gotta do that emotional labor. All of it. And take the blame Mm. for Fred not paying his magic genie bill. There should have been like a scene of like Wilma in the bathroom, like talking to the mirror. (laughs) Like, oh, this idiot. He's going to be the ruin of me. But... even though he's an idiot who's going to be the ruin of me, I can't let him feel like an idiot who's going to be the ruin of me. <laughs> yeah. I just got to, you know, maybe she drinks like a martini. Is like, I just got to go through with this. And she goes back out and, and tells mirror. her, oh, it's okay. It's my fault. <laughs> and the mirror is like a living being who's like, yeah. you're ruining your life. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> yeah. What is that scene? I wish that was here because we... We just see her eat all the shit of all the all episode. And what she's apologizing for is having dreams, yeah. Yeah. by the way. I well, wanted to eat yeah. at a nice restaurant, which, you know, we don't always need, but that's not the most selfish thing in the world. Right. I guess it is if it's for like a one, It's a minor extravagance, but, you know, it, yeah. you can ask for whatever you want in life. It's up for up to somebody else to say yes or no and then right. follow through with the plan, what right. you agreed to. Yeah, I mean, Fred said like, they could go in the end. Like, if he could have just right. said it, we really right. can't afford it. 
But then he got a magic genie, but he didn't get the fault. money from the magic genie ahead of time. That's when it super became his fault. Not only not only that, but like he he in the beginning acknowledges that he's definitely open to going to this place, and then at the end, the only thing that she like she's a, a dream of just wanting to not cook for a change. Aww. That's all it is is not wanting to cook for one night. For one I think it was like some sort of prom fantasy. Like maybe yeah. they never went to prom or they had no idea what prom was. They just know they wanted this one night where they felt like millionaires. Where they felt like life was going to be good from here on out. Millionaire this illusion, prom. Yeah, this sort of like uh, illusion of affluence. Yeah. And they cr- wanted and to create it for we're themselves. also skipping the fact that when they're walking in and then Gazoo shows up to talk to Fred and Barney again... They could have asked for the money there, too, and then repaid their Yes, wife. and just put it back in the vacation jars. Yes. Man, they're bad at this, guys. They're so bad. Give give two white dudes access to whatever they want, and the only thing they'll try and do is get an irresponsible dinner. Yeah. <laughs> and then but the wife fail. pay for fail it, at it and apologize. Yeah. Like, wow, that a sitcom could end this way in the 60s. I won't say that we've come the furthest in terms of cultural progress, but at least we have minorities and women who don't have to apologize just at the instinctually at the end of every episode right. all the time anymore. Wow, the 60s. You have a reservation, of course. My pal Stonewall Jackson on his 20 just made him for us. Right? Oui, monsieur. Suivez-moi, s'il vous plaît. What did he say? What did he say? He said money talks. Oui, monsieur. Hey, uh, one more thing. Now what? Gazoo! 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 Now that you've awakened me, I hope it's important. And uh, we forgot corsages for our wives. Well, that was a red light emergency, wasn't it? <laughs> Two corsages coming up. Now, please let me get some sleep. I'm very tired. Oh, yeah, sure thing. Uh, we won't need you for a while. Uh, a long while, I hope. And Mama said they'd never take us. <laughs> a corsage! Carson, uh, bring us the best dinner in the house, and price is no object. Swimmer, when the Flintstones go out, we go all the way. And the rubble, too. To the bitter end. It didn't come out right. Presenting the Pitch Please podcast. Pitch Please, the game of the 60-second screenplay. It's a fun new game show where players pitch potential productions with pretty much no planning. Armed with only their imagination and a deck of 53 fully illustrated movie cliches like... Sexy hackers. Vaguely European supervillain. Sport dog. Players get one minute to plan it and one minute to pitch it. Pitch, please. It's the big screen in a little package. Take my pitch, please. Now playing the movies from inside Inside your own mind. Please play Pitch, Please on the River City Podcast Federation. (laughs) Easy come, easy go. Your check is ready, monsieur. Uh, I hope you added a generous tip for our waiter. I hope you two have enough money for all this. Oh, sure, sure. Uh, not so bad. It's, uh, 225? Uh-oh. 
I hate to see grown men cry. <laughs> it's no problem. Gazoo, $225, please. Gazoo, I said $225 now. Hey, uh, Gazoo, you got a couple of hundred on you? Did you uh, lose something, monsieur? <laughs> Come on, Gazoo, get with it. And we uh, seem to have misplaced our money here. It's uh, waiting for me outside. I'll be right back. Oh, no, you don't, chum. Honest, we gotta meet this guy. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey! Come back, you deadbeats. Stop those guys! What happened to your accent? It's resort for paying customers. Oh, boy! That's all proper then, girls. Will you stop that? We've come to a decision. We don't want to hear it. So then, this is a part that I thought was interesting, too, is Gazoo starts creeping and spying on Fred and Wilma. Right. And then he's like, I'm going to turn off the lights and watch them fuck. Yeah. Right. And not only that, but then that happens. He does the whole flower thing. Yeah. Shuts off the lights, puts flowers in Fred's hands, turns the lights back on to surprise Wilma. Right. To make, you know, losing what would be $900 uh, instantly because of Fred. And then shuts the lights back off. To which she says, we must have a short or something. Yeah. I do not believe you guys have electricity, Wilbur, <laughs> which is why you don't have cars that have pedals that oh, can drive them right. places. I guess well, that and how would a short explain the flowers? It wouldn't at all. Well, <laughs> it's one of those weird, one of those really rare electrical storms. <laughs> <laughs> Rains down bouquets of flowers. <laughs> And then Gazoo turns off the light, and then he turns it back on, and there's an industrial-sized bottle of lotion on the table, and Fred's in Rosie O'Donnell's outfit from Exit yeah. to Eden. Because Rosie O'Donnell was also in the Flintstones movie. <laughs> would have been better if you would have turned the lights off again we turned them on. It wasn't Fred, but, like, Rock Hudson. Oh, yeah. <laughs> sitting there in, like, a bathrobe. And it's just Gazoo's fantasy of what yeah. right? he wants to be there. We might as well, because his fantasies have got to be more interesting than yeah. these tragic well, he, pedestrian Flintstone he, fantasies. Right? He knows the pleasures of many worlds. <laughs> <laughs> he's that have seen been his some first things, line. and he's done some things that we can only think of. <laughs> can only imagine. Right? That should be their next wish, is to see or experience some of the worldly, otherworldly pleasures. That's a good plot. Put that in Gazoo That would time. be a great episode. Let them start wishing for... Uh, like Gazoo's life story. Yeah. Like, and he has to do it because he has to fulfill these wishes. <laughs> and make it so he can't lie. It's like, yeah, it's, so, so it's like, like basically they're, you're giving him a polygraph. Right. Yeah, because they're, they're, but they're encoding it in these wishes, and Gazoo has to tell them the truth about everything. <laughs> that I would like to see. That's fantastic. But this Gazoo is, yeah, right at the very end of most of the Flintstones' run. This is a, like, five or something episodes yeah, this is when it's flaming out the very end yeah it's they're going crazy they're adding in a last minute character just like how we had you this evening yeah. right. <laughs> thanks so much for joining us kiss of death last ditch desperation hail mary <laughs> right a good get and a goodbye for the series no i'm just kidding avsc is fine 
So that was the Great Gazoo. Let's go around and say if we thought it was great. Starting with David. Was the Gazoo great? Uh, no. <laughs> but he was still a lot better than, say, Scrappy-Doo. Yes. Oh, God, by leaps and bounds. <laughs> Everyone hates Scrappy-Doo the most, right? Oh, I mean, such a little to. shit. It's just a plot that I don't even know what the moral of this story was or what they're trying to get out. It was just a series of events. Of Fred and Barney being <laughs> stupid, and you just get frustrated with them. So it was tough to really enjoy the episode when, the when they could have done so much is, more, and they just didn't, and you don't know why. Right? The, the I believe some of the morals we found were have a good contract for the genie, but say it fast. Yeah. Right. Uh, get the money up front. Always a good one. And <laughs> right. if you're a woman, don't have dreams. <laughs> <laughs> right. If you're a woman, don't ever expect to not have to cook every night. All right, you've turned me around. I I, I like this episode now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and what was the most special part for you, David? Uh, that's a good question. What was the most special part? Maybe the fact that he was just like, uh, he's obviously narcoleptic, and maybe it was trying to make him more <laughs> sensitive to people with narcolepsy. Yeah, that's what this episode is yeah. about. That's yeah. quite special. Like that? And Randall was the gazoo great, and no. what was a special? Nope. nope. Okay, great. <laughs> the was, not so great gazoo. Oh god, no! It was bad in so many ways. But um, you know, you know me. I do love watching really bad things. <laughs> yeah. So it was so much fun to watch. Um, and what was a special moment for you? The spe- most special moment and my moral. Yeah. So the most special moment happened when Gazoo first pops out of his ship, and. The very first thing that ha- like he's a sassy bitch immediately when he starts insulting them. What an entrance! Like he's such a inside of the ship, and then he pops out, and the thing that solidified him as being gay to me was that he immediately starts ripping them apart for what they're wearing. <laughs> and it was my favorite thing. And the moral is just like in real life: tiny gay men will make all of your dreams come true. That is true. That's a beautiful wish to hang a star on, yes. and you know to get the money up front. Right. Yeah, oh, absolutely. <laughs> so you're good to no, go. I wouldn't even settle for half up front. <laughs> and Mark, was the gazoo great? And what was a special moment for you? It was better than I thought it would be. Yeah. It was actually yeah. kind of entertaining. I think I think the gazoo kind of made it for me. Uh, because it, it was the only bit. thing that forced it to deviate from the sort of set domestic comedy that, that it had been for like the last five years or whatever and for me my my favorite part was the end when uh gazoo just kind of takes fred aside and explains why he wasn't there with the money at the end he's like look you know um i'm utterly unreliable <laughs> but then, very upfront but then so are yeah. your desires yeah. he says he's undependable <laughs> and a bit of a kook yep. yeah so are your desires yeah that was really real of the gazoo yeah uh, let's see. I, your host this evening, Carolyn Maine, found this episode. You know, it's not good, but it was kind of great. It was entertaining. Like for I had sure. fun watching it. It was clearly the demise of the Flintstones as we know it, and as it would have been at that time. But I mean, if you gotta go out, why not add a space alien super bitch who fucks with you? <laughs> I kind of love when shows break that heart that they go from one timeline to another and they get sci-fi. That they don't follow through with very well. Right. <laughs> the show does this. Like the, it's like playing with a Ouija board and then a ghost gets in your house. It's like all bets are off the table now. I kind of love it. It's like when you're when a human human body is dying, yes. uh, its brain will release all of its held <laughs> dopamine. 
<laughs> so you feel euphoric. You feel great as you're dying uh, because yeah. your brain figures, well, yeah. why hold it anymore? Let's let use it, it. Let us party. Blow it all. Yeah. Blow it all on this. I, I kind of like it when, it, when a That's TV exactly show like. you know, releases its dopamine like that. It's just like, well, this we're done as an artistic force. We're done as a you know a, a TV show. Let's just go for broke. Right? They're I using every it. last weird note card they hid in their yeah. office with every the rejected off ideas. ideas. Yeah. Beautiful. Love it great one and uh this was i'll look her name up it was actually written by a woman who is an actress who went into comedy writing so i mean she internalized that misogyny (laughs) 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 60s were a different time she was an actress she did she did it though so maybe maybe it passed the bechdel test so that was a very special episode it's great gazoo uh please look us up on itunes podbean stitcher give us high ratings we are a very special episode podcast.com or twitter at avscpod and you can email us for saying how good we are and just general niceties or an episode you'd like to suggest that we may or may not ever get to at <laughs> avsepodcast at gmail.com and David, when you aren't humoring other people because you think they might be dangerous, where are you online for our listeners to follow? I'm usually just sleeping. So, <laughs> <laughs> nodding in and out of consciousness. But, but if you're lucky realm. to find me when I'm awake, I'll be on Twitter at Dr. Bits, that's Dr. Spelled Out, and at the real gentleman of leisure.com. And Randall, when you aren't reading everybody's outfits to filth and <laughs> withholding fabulous fashion options, where are you online generally? For and also listeners? not just giving people the information that, hey, maybe you want to get cash now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I Honestly, right now, I wouldn't follow my personal stuff. I would follow the <laughs> podcasts that I am so vested in right now, which are uh, Twitter at What's More Metal. Um, and then on Twitter, I believe it is one minute spelled M I N I T the number two and then pitch it P I normal spelling, right? P I T C H I T. Yeah. That's for, uh, um, pitch, pitch please. please Twitter. And then, uh, pitch underscore, please underscore game on Instagram. And again, what's more metal on both Twitter and Instagram. Follow those four because they're, they're very, very near and dear to me. And Pitch Please is, again, the game show that I have and Randall is a producer of. And check that out. It's very fun. And we'll get to that. Uh, Mark Russell, when you aren't writing for the very properties that you are discussing on an internet podcast that goes right into a space void for being a criminal, (laughs) (laughs) uh, where do you hang out online for our listeners? Um, I'm on Twitter. Uh, the best place to find me is on Twitter at Manrus, M-A-N-R-U-S-S. And um, you can pick up a copy of Exit Stage Left, the Snackopus Chronicles in comic book stores now. And I'm also starting a Judge Dredd series. <gasps> Issue number one comes out on May 30th. That so that will be so available. Cool. Wow. And for the listeners at home, definitely check out the Flintstones and Snagglepuss because they've been getting a lot of heat. Everyone's really into the way you've given the property life. I hope so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Heard I've heard only good things. I look for what is the what's the studio or the company? Uh, uh, DC. They DC. license the Hanna Barbera. Yeah. Oh damn. <laughs> <laughs> this is real comics, y'all. Yeah. 
he's a get, and he's the death knell for our show. He <laughs> <laughs> makes our wish come true, though. So. Right? <laughs> Careful what you wish for. I want to die. As <laughs> um, for myself, I am your host this evening, Carolyn Maine. And as Randall mentioned, you can listen to my spinoff podcast, Pitch Please, where we pitch movies in one minute with Portland Talents. And that is at Pitch Please on RiverCityPodcastFederation.com. You can also buy the card deck at PitchPlease.fun, F-U-N, because it's so fun, you guys. Yeah. And you can see me on Twitter, C-A-R-O-L-Y-N-M-A-I-N, like the street. And I'm also on Gmail and Facebook. And that's going to about do it for a very special episode this evening. So we'll see you tomorrow. Maybe, definitely. And also, when we go out, we go all the way. This is ping pong battle between, you know, their gender defined sort of weaponry. She like physically shoves his head into the <laughs> as if to say, just like, just shut up and eat and don't worry about what comes next. <laughs> this is a weird punishment for him. Is already like such a sassy bitch about this whole situation. <laughs> right. Exactly. Because they can't be a loving couple. Yeah. No, no the f- never. <laughs> no one. Even Jerry Garcia goes in there and then walks out, which in a way is sort of cannibalism for him that's an alien bathhouse he's got like 12 different personalities he enjoys them all this is the one unfortunately is the one he's reserved a sassy bitch for uh i think you have to have that caveat that legalese (laughs) must have been quite a smell when they opened that thing it's sadly sustainable yeah that was this abc on your home pc some VIPs of SBTB Was it Austin G, Dr. DB, RAT, or the C What the heck was with that TV? This podcast is kind of funny Excuse us all, cause we gotta go pee That was a very special episode We dissected that shit from head to toe Did the time fly by or was it slow? Got so many life lessons, oh how we've grown Seen so much TV that we're gonna explode Next time, on a very special episode Let's get some sleep now. Night, night. It's the River City Podcast Federation.